You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Primary characters of the text are Jesus and a woman of Canaan. And uh, it's important to understand the woman's forefather or where Canaan came from. Canaan was a son of Noah. And in Genesis, the ninth chapter, Canaan witnessed his father get drunk and, and he got naked. And so Canaan seen his father's nakedness. And instead of him covering his father's nakedness, he went and talked to his siblings about uh, what took place with his father. And his siblings, of course, they went back and they did cover their father. But because of what Canaan did, he came up under a curse. And some of us know uh, that our ancestors can receive a curse for something, and that curse can actually turn into a generational curse. You can see people, one generation after another, being cursed because of something that happened to a person. And um, when it comes to a curse, that there are several meanings. But one meaning of a curse is a cause of unhappiness. When you're under a curse, you are an unhappy person. You're, you're a person that experiences depression often. And some of us know what it is to to be on the curse. We especially know what it is to be unhappy. Because some of us can testify about having years of unhappiness. Yeah. And we, we can even talk about being up and down when it comes to our happiness. One one minute we're happy and then the next minute we're not. How many know what I'm talking about? And so I want you to consider that because some folks allow what has happened aforetime to affect the way they think, talk, and act. Yeah, you, you, you'll be amazed that some folks just think because their grandfather was poor that that's just their lot in life. 
because such and such didn't happen for my daddy nor his siblings. Uh, the same thing is going on with me and my siblings. You know, we just under that same little curse. You, you'd be surprised, folks, that talk such. Matter of fact, some of us in the room that are quiet right now, we used to talk like that. Yeah, we, we used to talk like that. Even to the point to where, uh, even when it comes to a race, a race can, can say, well, you know, we were slaves and so forth. And you, you know, because we was this, that, and the other, we don't need to be trying to be like such and such. Yeah, and you you would even hear folks when I was coming up that would say things like this right here. Boy, you don't need to be trying to be like no white person. And what they were saying is you don't need to try to have better because that type life is for a different race. How many know what I'm talking about? Now some of y'all young, you 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 probably never heard of such, but I came up when, when people talk like that. And so you have people that felt like that uh, they were just not supposed to have certain things because of the color of their skin. And like it or not, that's a curse. That's a curse. And you even have folks that went so far as to say in reference to Canaan and so forth that that uh, that black people have dark skin because of Canaan. I mean, you just have a whole lot of things that people say that are untrue. Yeah. We have to be to the point to where we do not allow the curse that was clearly upon our forefathers to come upon us. I made up in my mind a long time ago when I was poor and broke. I I ain't going to be like this all my life. I, I ain't going to be living no paycheck to no paycheck. I ain't going to be depressed. I ain't going to just grow up and not see what I want to see and do what I want to do. I say, if I'm serving God and the earth is the Lord's and his fullness, I'm going to enjoy everything that the Lord has created and that he has ordained for me to have. See, God himself said to Israel that had been seemingly under curse for a long time, hey, I'm going to make you the head. Not the tail. You're going to live above only and not beneath. I'm taking you from, from being a slave to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And so some of them couldn't accept it because they were so used to being low or living down to where they never could accept it. And sadly, that's a reflection of the church because you have some people that feel as if that that they have a certain lot in life and that no matter what they do, they're going to turn out a certain way. 
And that weight is in contrast to the written and revealed will of God. But I don't know about you. I'm determined to have everything God ordained for me to have and be the man of God that God ordained for me to be. If that's you, just shout out, he talking about me too. And so the woman, though she was a descendant of Canaan, she did not have the mindset of, of living under a curse, nor allowing her daughter to live under a curse. And so she heard about Jesus. And she came to Jesus looking for the antithesis of a curse. She came looking for a blessing. Specifically because she came to Jesus, she came looking for a divine blessing. How many know the difference between a regular blessing and a God kind of blessing? What's the difference, preacher? Well, let me just give you a scripture. Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. She came looking for a blessing. Came looking for a blessing. Even though she, she knew that her daughter was under a curse in that her daughter was severely demon possessed. Wasn't no normal case of just a person being possessed by an evil spirit. This demon that had got a hope to her daughter was harming her daughter. Was causing a lot of unpleasant things to take place. And she knew that she did not have the power to handle what was taking place. With her daughter. And how many, how many of you have recognized that there are just certain things that you just, you, you just don't have the power to do. There are certain things you just undeemed. This is a God, this is a job for Jesus. I said, this is a job for Jesus. See, never think when you run up against something you can't handle that it's over. It's not over until the Lord says it's over. When you can't deal with it, just step back and say, you know what? This is a job for Jesus. I can't deal with it. I can't handle it. I can't move it. But there is nothing impossible for God. Some of y'all looking like you don't believe that. I said, some of y'all looking like you don't believe that. Who going to help me preach this morning? Say to somebody, there is nothing too hard for our Jesus. Shouted at somebody else. There is nothing but nothing too hard for our Jesus. Yeah, your supervisor wasn't able to, to pull it off. Yeah, your daddy wasn't able to do it. Yeah, your mama, as good as she is, and, and the way she liked to handle stuff, she couldn't handle this particular thing. But it's not too hard for Jesus. That's a message for somebody. 
You don't never utter out of your mouth that is not going to work out just because you don't have the strength to pull it through. Just because you don't have what it takes to cause a change for the better. God specializes in hard cases. God specializes in turning things completely around. God specializes in making what is seemingly worse into better. You don't believe it? Pull out a mirror and look at yourself. It took Jesus to bring you out of your predicament. It took Jesus to change you the way you have been changed. Am I talking right? And so she came looking for a blessing, looking for some help. And so she came crying out, letting Jesus know, I know you are Lord. I know you came through 42 generations. I know you are the son of David. Yeah, I'm the son of Canaan, but I know you are the son of David. And I know because you are the son of David, you have the gift of mercy. You have the gift of mercy. How many have learned that about Jesus? He has the gift of mercy. God is able to give you some mercy, able to give you some help, able to do for you what you can't do for yourself, able to do for you what you need, you're holding on, and what you desire. Have mercy on me, Jesus. One of the amazing things about mercy that's unusual from most words is, is that it has two root meanings. It has two root meanings. And uh, the first meaning of mercy is thank you. And of course, ecclesiastically, when it comes to thank you, it's, a th it's the thing that we do in God's house. We're going to come in here giving God thanks. Because when we come in here, we, we come in here knowing that this is God's house and he has done some great things for us throughout the week. And so we didn't, we ain't coming in here to, to sit down and, and look important. We coming in here to give God some thanks. We coming in here to give him some praise. Because a thank you is an expression of gratitude. How many of you come to church to give God some thanks? Ooh, you know it wasn't nobody but him that caused you to receive a check from your employer that did not bounce. You know it wasn't nobody but him that caused you to receive certain benefits throughout the week. And so when you come to his house, you're coming like David. You're coming with hand claps. You're coming with leaps. You're coming with turns in victory. You're coming waving your hand. You're coming dancing if need be. You're coming not to be silent in the chair, but to give God all the glory, the honor and the praise oh you better tell somebody I will praise him what about you ask him what about you will you praise him 
I ain't seen you clap all day. I, I ain't seen you wave all day. I, I just got to know, will you praise him? Will you turn loose? Will you let go and let God have his way? Will you praise him for what he did on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? Will you praise him when it seemed like your back was against a wall, but then he made a way out of nowhere? Will you praise him when you were going through it in your body and he turned around and gave you a healing on a Thursday evening? Will you give him the praise? Woo, you better tell two folks, I will praise him. Oh, I'll praise him. And so mercy is thanking God. And, and one of the wonderful things is, is when you learn how to thank God in advance for what he's going to do. See, when you really understand God's word, you know that his word does not change. Jesus said it a little better. He said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. I love the fact that I can give God thanks before I even ask him to do certain things. I can thank him because I know he going do it. If his word does not change, I know he's going to heal me. If his word does not change, I know because I am a tither. He's going to open up the windows of heaven, pour me out a blessing. I don't have room enough to receive. I know because I am a giver, he's going to do according to Luke 6 and 38. He's going to call somebody to give into my bosom good measure, press down, shh. Shaking together and running over so I can praise him in advance. Even when I ain't got a dime in my pocket, but because I am a giver, I can praise him in advance. I can praise him before I even fall on my knees and pray because I know according to James 5, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. And so when it comes to mercy, it means thank you, an expression of praise. This means you should never come to the house of God down and out. You should never leave the house of God without hope. You should always leave giving God the glory. Same way you came in is the way you need to leave. You don't need to leave with a mindset, what I'm going to eat today. No, you need to leave with a mindset, God just put a word in me. He just put in me what I need to have a blessed day, a blessed week. And you should thank him the same way you came in when you depart. Am I talking right? But the second meaning of mercy is reward. Reward. And see, when you're looking for a divine reward, you understand according to Hebrews 11 and 6 that it's based upon your faith in God. For Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without Faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And see, faith is vital because according to 1 John 5 and 4, it, it gives us the reward or the victory. 
And so she's asking him for mercy. So she was asking him for something and, and she had the right thing she needed. She had faith. I said she had faith. She was going to get her reward because she had faith. See, faith moves God. Whether you, whether you believe it or not, when you are believing God to give you something that seems impossible, that moves him to do the impossible for you. That moves him to cause the supernatural to manifest in your life. And so the woman came to Jesus with faith. And so when she came to Jesus, she asked him for mercy, but the Lord didn't say a word. Like how often when we go to prayer, we be done prayed and prayed and prayed. And it's as if sometime that God had heard one thing that we have uttered. Whoo, am I the only one in the room? You done prayed and prayed and prayed. Uh, I can't even feel nothing right now. He ain't talking. I ain't feeling nothing. But don't get it twisted. Just because you ain't feeling what you want to feel. Just because you ain't hearing what you want to hear. God's ears are never deaf. The Bible tells us his ears are always open to the cries of the righteous. When it talks about his eyes, his eyes go to and fro. God is looking and he's listening even though you may feel like nothing is taking place. And just because he didn't say a word to the woman, it didn't mean that he was not listening to the woman. And so when, when she cried out for mercy again, he didn't say a word. And his disciples got, got to joining in of what was taking place by saying to the Lord that she'd been crying after us too. We need to just send her away. Isn't it amazing how folk that's supposed to be Christian don't want to fool with folk that need help. How in the world God and help you out? But you don't want to be a help to nobody else. Send her away. I mean, it's embarrassing. Grown men seeing a woman that need help. Send her away. I'm, I'm going to tell you all something. This, this is all true. When we, 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 we came up in the church, you know, folks said, look, you don't need to let your, you don't need to be letting your good be evil spoken of. And they just say, well, I said, so I asked a brother one time, I said, well, look, I said, suppose a woman's car done tore up and she side the road and, and her children and, and she there and she, and she trying to change the tire. I said, I shouldn't stop and help her. No, you don't need to be letting your good be evil spoken of. I said, so if I help her, somebody going to think that I'm doing something wrong for helping this woman whose car done broke down. Yeah. Man, I never could see that. I never saw that. But I used to actually see brothers that would see a lady stranded or somebody stranded that knew how to take care of what was going on 
but will drive right on by because of what somebody in the church had told them they shouldn't do. But the devil is a liar. I don't care what somebody say. If I see one of my sisters stranded beside the road, yeah, I'm going to pull over. And if I'm in my suit and don't have a change of clothes, I'll get grease on a $700 suit. $1,200 suit. To help my sister. The Bible says we ought to be helpers one toward the other. And it further states, do good to everybody, but especially those of the household of faith. But some folk are just like the disciples in the text. Send her away. We got better things to do than to deal with her. Never get an attitude like that of the disciples in the text. If you can be a help to your brother or sister, be a help. One apostle said, which one of you can see a brother in need of some food? And the only thing you're going to do is say, be warm and feed. And the apostle asked the question, how in the world can the love of God be in you? If you're able to give him something to eat. But all you're going to do is speak a word. I could deal with this, but this is not the assignment. Send away, Jesus. Jesus ignored them. And he started talking to the woman. Said to the woman, I am not sent except to the law's sheep of Israel. But the woman had faith that turned down, couldn't push away. The woman had faith. And her faith was to the point to where she didn't, she wasn't looking for no alternative. She knew she was in the right place. She knew she was in the presence of the right person. And she knew that he had exactly what she needed. And that's how we need to be as saints of God. You need to know for sure that Jesus has exactly what you need. You need to know for sure 
that John 14 and 6 is right when it comes to your situation. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Whatever you need in life, Jesus has it. Come here, John 10 and 10. Jesus is not a thief. The thief comes not but for the steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I am come. Why? That you might have life and have it more abundant. That's the reason we can go to Jesus. He came so we could have some life. If you're living beneath your privilege, time to go to Jesus. Why? He came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. If I'm not living the way I'm supposed to live, I got to go to him. He is the giver of abundant life. Listen again. I am come. Why? That you might have life. And that more abundantly. Who are you, Jesus? I'm the good shepherd. I am not sick. But to the lost sheep of Israel. And when she said, when he said it, the woman worshiped and let him know I ain't going nowhere. Help me. But I told you I'm just sent to the lost sheep of Israel. I know that's your primary assignment. But I also know you're Christ. I also know you are the son of David and you have the authority. And the love of God. And you can help me. And, and so then he said to her, it is not good to throw the children's bread to the little dogs. And that's true. If your children need some food and you take what your children need and give it to them seven puppies. You got running around your yard. Morally, you're wrong. You don't do that. Your baby crying for, for something to eat and you go, you, you go, well, I got to give my dog something. And so from a moral standpoint, if your children need something, you should make sure your children get it. And see, that's the reason the woman, she didn't argue with Jesus. She turned around and she said, yeah, yes, yes, Lord. 
I understand that. I understand that you are to feed Israel first. I understand that. I understand that the redemptive plan of God starts with Israel. I have no problem with that. I don't have no problem. I don't have no problem with being third in line. Lord, Lord, I I, I know you you started with Israel, but I don't have no problem waiting, waiting for mine. Lord, I seen Deacon Oak pull up in that pretty truck. I, I seen him. I ain't got no problem waiting on mine. I, I, I ain't mad about you blessing him with his pretty truck first. Say to your name, I ain't got no problem with God blessing you first. ain't got no problem. See, see, because some folk, they start getting jealous or envious when somebody gets a blessing before them. But I ain't got no problem. Just wait because I know if God bless Say to your neighbor, we, we on the same page. And if God bless you first, that's just let me know my blessing is coming. See, some folks be like, I can't understand how I've been doing all this prayer and she got blessed and I didn't get my blessing. See, you got a problem. You got a sin and a demonic problem. I ain't got no problem with God blessing other folks first. Because I understand we on the same page. We are cut from the same cloth. I'm going to praise God with you. I'm going to tell you how nice it look. I'm going to ask you if I can drive it. Can I come over there and walk on that carpet you've been talking about? Because if he did it for you, surely he'll do it for me. Why? He changes not. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that's the reason you see in the text. After Jesus said a saying that was, that was harsh. When you really don't understand it. She agreed with it. Now see, folk that... that didn't understand what he was saying, would have got mad and cussed him out. 
Because the only thing they would have, oh, you got nerve to be calling me a dog? Because they would have took it the wrong way. And see, that's one of the problems with folk in the church. They take certain things the wrong way. Can't believe pastor said, that's all you heard is them three words. You weren't seeing how the dots were being connected. You talking about the last two dots, but I had 175 dots. You can't reach a conclusion based upon the two dots. Yeah, Lord, I, I, I understand that. But Lord, you know, the puppies be up on the, the table. Puppies be up on the table, Lord. And the puppies be under the table just waiting for crumbs to fall through the cracks. Lord, I'll take the crumbs. They can have the whole piece. But Lord, I'll just take the crumbs. Lord, Lord, I, I, I have no problem with small beginnings. Lord, if I eat enough crumbs... Even though they're very small. I may not get full as, as swift as the children. But I will get satisfied. Woo, you better high five somebody and tell them I'll take the crumbs. Because the crumbs satisfy. I'll take the small beginning. It ain't exactly what I want, but it's a nice start. So I will take the crumbs. I'll take them. See, you got some folks that, that, that they so big headed, but somebody can, can, can bless them with something. I don't want that. Baby, that show, that show crumb. Go ahead and take that crumb. That, that don't mean that's all you're going to get. That's just your beginning. Go ahead and take that crumb and dance about it. Go ahead and take that crumb and leap about it. Go ahead and take that crumb and turn in victory about it. You may not have gotten the job that you wanted, but God bless you with a means of income. So go ahead and give him the praise for the crumb. Go ahead and give him the praise for the little. Shout at somebody, I'll take the crumb. And ask him or her, will you take the crumbs as well? Get this. Listen to this. And so, when she said it, the Lord was like, whoo! 
your faith. You got the type faith to where you ain't going to despise a penny if that's all you see. You done been asking for a million, but you ain't going to despise that penny because you know that penny is getting you closer to that million. You know you've been asking for a big house, but you ain't going to despise the one bedroom because it's getting you closer to your dream house. Shout at somebody one more time. I'll take the crumbs. And I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.